I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. A reminder to my sag after actors listening to this podcast right now, uh, it's your last chance to get those ballots in, so get those ballots in for our current election if you have not already, and check out the membership for Slate and vote for your girl if you, uh, you know, are an actor and you're voting, um, because that would be super cool and... I would love to represent you and work for you and fight for you. Um, So, yeah. Stoked. Also, if you live in California, there is another election going on. uh, The recall election. Um, And, guys, this is super important. This is, like, beyond just our state. Um, This could... (laughs) very well end up affecting the Senate. Um, so please vote no on the recall and um, get those ballots in. It's it's really, really, really important. So please do your civic duty and vote no on that recall. Today on the show, we have Eric Fellows. You know him best from Days of Our Lives. And uh, he is on the new show, Purgatory. The second season is premiering next month, September, on Popstar TV. I had a great time talking to Eric uh, about his journey and about all the things that he has been able to be a part of so far and um, everything that he wants to do in the future. So here's my conversation with the fantabulous Eric Fellows. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on. Um, as a former Days of Our Lives person as well, it's always fun to talk to people who have also been on the show. Yes, dual. Um, dual days. Wait, when, when, when were you on? Were you? Uh, gosh, I would have been me, on I think. in it was definitely before me. 2003, 2004? Oh, wow. I think. Okay. Yeah, long time ago. Wow. So you, okay, you were super young. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was about uh, 11, 11, 12. When well, I was okay, so, wow. Well, I mean, yeah, I knew you, I was you're, much, you're much younger than me. So if it makes you feel any better, you're much younger than me. <clears throat> I don't know about that. Maybe. Well, no, I, I do. I know how old you are. <laughs> it's okay. We don't, we don't reveal age. I think actually it lies about my age online. And I'd like, oh, really? Because when I, I turned 40, I'm actually turning 41 in October. Okay. But, but uh, I just called myself out, like, on my 40th. I, like, literally went on Instagram and I sang my happy birthday song to myself, saying happy 40th. So I wasn't, like, presenting some live of 39. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Just to put it out there. You know, I think it's actually, like, helpful to have your age online. I mean, I remember one time I was at – I was trying to get into a bar, and I didn't have my ID, so I just looked myself up. And I was like, see, this is me. Oh, I'm that's like literally what I do. I don't know why people card me, but if they do, I'm like – and this is kind of lame, but can I show you my IMDb? Yeah, like, can you just look at my, my age right here? Hey, listen. Well, the funny thing is it's a lie. It's actually a year younger than what I am, but it doesn't matter. Either way, guys, I'm old. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're not old you you're still got a lot of a lot of years left i hope so i like to think so yeah <laughs> i mean some of the best careers have come out of like people you know starting their big time takeoffs in their 40s i mean you look at somebody like allison janney who wasn't really that well known prior to west wing yeah. everyone's journey is different to be honest with you yeah. actually for me, at this point in my life, is actually the best my career's ever been. So, um, yeah, I mean, I always heard like when and I first got in this business uh, that you know if you don't make it by the time you're 30 or this or that, you like it's over with. And definitely, I'm older than 30, and uh, it's actually just beginning even better than it ever has. So I think that it's. I don't think people should listen to that horse crap. I, say I horse agree. Crap. I agree. Well, <laughs> well, but also like you get to that a uh, good age where it's like you start getting roles that like are meaty and matter and like are actually fun to dive into rather than just like the the pinhead douchebags or the stupid bitchy girls. Like, Who wants to play a pinhead douchebag or a stupid bitchy girl? I mean, isn't that like old news now? It's like, come on. Yeah, no, I actually I take. Admit. I love taking on characters to play against whatever look anybody thinks I have. I like to play against all of it. Like I can't yeah. stand, I mean, I'm very grateful for the soap world. It got me my start, mm -hmm. but I definitely, um, you know, being cast hyped, which it happens to a lot of people. I just, I try to do everything I can to veer away from saying, oh, you can only specifically play something like this. And I'm like, I don't know if you've seen my career or the things that I do, but I definitely try to do everything against that just because yeah, you know, we work hard to get where we're at. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I always think that soap opera is um, soap opera acting is great training ground, and it really prepares you to go out there and do, you know, any type of acting really because you've gotten into this like zone of being able to just like do things quickly, which mm -hmm. is great. Because depending on the set that you're on, like you're on a on a web series right now called Purgatory, which is really awesome. I just yes. watched the first episode, and I can't wait oh. to watch more. But I'm assuming it being a web series, it it goes fast. Well. 
this type of show, you mean like the, like the, the shooting schedule of how we shot it? Yeah. Actually, yeah. no. This one we shot more like almost very much more like a prime time sort of uh, deal because. Oh. Of, yeah, no, no, no. We shot. It's you know each one's an hour long. There's uh second season comes out on the 16th of September, but no, we shot. I mean, faster than you would shoot a primetime show, but not too much faster. I mean, uh, they're long, long days. I mean, it's a lot of content. So if you've only seen the first episode, because Popstar TV, it's, it's where it's released on. But Popstar TV um, took down all the, or all, well, you, one, episode one is up. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. two through eight per season has been taken down. They're actually re-releasing it right before they release uh, season two. Oh. They have some sort of like... Uh, that's cool. On board. I don't know what they're doing with it, but I know that they're going to release that. I think <laughs> a few, I don't know. Who knows they said they're working on something about uh, some sort of traction thing that they're working with in order to release the second season. They want to do the first season right before again, but they put up the first episode, but yeah, no, it's as you'll see, as it goes on, it's a lot. It's uh, it's heavy content. It's very edgy. Um, not very, not soapy at all. Like we should, I'm not to say so anything about soapy because I have to be careful. I always say things like that. Uh, but it's, it's very, it's very edgy and it's a, it's like a thriller suspense horror drama. I mean, I guess you, I don't know how you, I mean, what I liked. Oh, good. What'd you say? Oh no. I was just saying what I liked about, um, the, the first episode was it was felt very, um, it had like a an HBO vibe to it mm-hmm. almost where it's just kind of like, okay, so this is far away from what we're used to in the web series world. And this is mm-hmm. really taking it and saying, no, as independent creators, we can also make really, really, really good content. A hundred percent. I think some, some, there's been some amazing content being made independently because you're not, you know, you're not as constricted to like, you know, demanding on what you need done. You sometimes can venture outside the box and, you know, and, and, kind of like collaborate together and make something really cool. Um, yeah, no, it, everybody on, on the, on the crew and the cast and the DPs were amazing. It was just really well done. I was really impressed with it because I didn't know what to expect when I went out there because we shot in Armenia, but, um, wow. Yeah. Second season. I, well, you haven't seen, okay. So wait till you see my character. So the first episode is the inner, the first two episodes are introductions by the end of the third episode. Going into the fourth episode, you're going to see a very huge transitional change for my character. Um, I don't know if, how much you've up into Bobby, but I mean, I mean, I just won't even tell you. Just watch it for yourself. But by the end of season one, going into season two, I'm absolutely batshit crazy. Like, it's bad. Like, I'm nuts. Almost to where I had a hard time watching. I don't even know, like, what mental state. My mom was actually watching a couple of the clips that I showed when I went home. And she got, she turned off. I can't, I, and she, I'm like, what do you do? Why? It's acting, mom. She goes, I didn't, I didn't raise you like that. So I'm like, mom, it's not me. Oh my God. Goes, that is you. I'm watching you. And I can tell the difference between acting and I feel really weird right now. And I'm like, okay, so then I do my job. Oh my God. No, Bobby gets weird. Like you'll see. So it's, you're going to, your thoughts, how you feel about oh, it. Very different than how you're going to feel about it. Especially going in the second season. Very, very different. So anyway, that's so exciting. So that comes out September 16th on Popstar TV. Yeah. Second season. Yeah. And then we'll be able to, I think, stream both seasons. Um, We're getting ready to start promoting. Um, We just shot uh, me and my um, co-star Tatiana, who plays Lisa uh, opposite to me, who's fantastic, fantastic actress, really talented, smart girl. Um, We both just shot the cover of Popstar magazine. 
So it'll be coming out September 1st. Um, we shot, I think we're getting, I don't know if I'm allowed to see it yet, but um, we're getting four cover releasing four different covers at the same time. And then an eight page story on both of us and, and Bobby and Lisa in our actual lives oh, wow. as actors. So they're doing like basically a exclusive release. That's great. Yeah. So it's going to be cool. I think um, and people seem to have liked season one. Uh, we're trying to get it out there more for season two. So we're going to do a lot more PR this time. And hopefully people, uh, yeah. you know, enjoy it. But yeah, no, my character's insane. Definitely. That's always fun to play. Um, but going back, let's let's talk about how you got into this industry. What made you want to be an actor? Was it something you knew as a child? Or was it something that you discovered more in your adult years? Adult years, for sure. I mean, I don't know how much of an adult you are at 20. But um, I know I never wanted to be an actor at all. Like it wasn't even like something I even thought about. I played basketball. So oh. I was a, I was a point guard. Um, I know I'm not like six foot eight. I get it. But um, no, I, I, I like lived and breathed basketball my whole life. And um, from the age of eight, I played high school ball. And my senior year, actually, I was getting looked at by a scout for overseas playing in Italy. Because my half of my family is Italian. So I, w- I would be able to go over there and play. And I got, I tore my ankle my senior year. So that kind of diverted me a bit. And then I kind of just lost, uh, oddly lost the like love for it the way I had it. I don't know. It was weird. It's like, I literally spent my entire like childhood through my late teens, all the way till I was 17, 18 years old playing basketball. Now I'm not even kidding you. Like 10 hours a day. I played basketball every day of my life. That's all I did. I mean, a few other things that I did. Wow. But my point is, is that I literally, that's all I cared about was basketball. <laughs> like I, I'm not even kidding. I even had a Michael Jordan tattoo put on my arm. I've had it lasered off since. So don't worry. It's not ridiculous now. But uh, when I was 14, <laughs> I got a tattoo on my arm in someone's basement of the jump man sign on my arm when I was 14. Not even kidding. Wait, you got it in someone's basement? Well, my buddy's brother came home with a tattoo. And I think at the time I was 14, I was 15. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, where'd you get it? My buddy did it in his basement. He just got out of jail. I, I'm, not even, I'm not even, this is like a true story. So I was like, oh, I said, dude, I want to get the jump man on my arm. And he goes, dude, you're not getting the Michael Jordan jump man on your arm. And go, first of all, you're 14. I'm like, I'm getting it. So I literally drew it like here. Originally, I was thinking about getting it here. And I I went home. My mom goes, that's not real. And then she like licked her fingers and wiped it off. I'm like, okay, cool. And I literally went back, I think two days later, this guy, he literally said to me, he goes, you're going to regret this, man. I'm like, and then my buddy was like, dude, he's good at basketball. I never forget. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care how good he is. Putting my, the jump man type on your arm, you're going to regret this when you're older. I'm like, no, man, I'm going to the NBA. I'll never forget it. And uh, it's too funny. <laughs> and then um, at 32, after 32 years old, I started having laser treatments to take it off. And now it's completely gone. So it's not even there. Like you can't oh even. I'll have to send you a picture after this so you can wow. see it. There's no. So. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So yeah. I never oh my God. That is so funny. I cannot believe you got a tattoo when you were that young. I mean, I think my mother would have actually murdered me. Like, I don't know that I'd be alive. Probably not. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit of a rambunctious child, a little bit, um, like a lie, a little bit mouthy. Uh, only child. Mm. I, think. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I definitely g- grew into being better, a better man. I was a little bit of a, a pain in the butt. <laughs> when I was, when I was younger through my teens. <laughs> so like, if you told me not to do something, I didn't listen. 
Like I wasn't like a listener. No, you'd go do it. Listen. Yeah. When I didn't want to listen, I didn't listen. Like if it's what I wanted to hear, then I'm like, okay, cool. But like, if I didn't like what I heard, I was disappointed. (laughs) So I'm sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) Well, I don't apologize. But still. But yeah. Wow. So how did you transition into acting then? Um, well, well, I, this is the one that I remember when I was in high school, I was taking a drama class for some odd reason. But I, again, when you play sports, especially at my school, it's sports. It's not like crossover sports, like basketball theater back then, especially, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This was in the nineties. So like, this was like in 96. So back then, and especially we grew up in, in you know, the East coast, close to Washington, DC, like you don't like, they didn't mix theater and basketball. And if you did, you didn't talk about it. It was just one of those things. So, but it wasn't like it interested me. Um, so I remember reading something. We were all sitting in a circle on the stage and like reading this like Shakespearean sort of thing, uh, you know, uh, kind of sort of content. And I was like, dude, I don't want to, this is whole, what am I doing? I'm not, I don't want to read this shit. Like, this is so like, I don't want to read this. And I literally stood up. I'm like, dude, I don't want to take this class. So I went to my guidance counselor and I changed my, I'm like, dude, I'm not going. That's like ridiculous. I'm going to get up on stage and be like some, person on stage like that's not me and then it's so funny that I end up being wow. I mean I was never a theater actor I mean I went straight into tv and, and uh, film and commercials but um but I have the utmost respect for anyone on the stage but yeah so basically I was um I was at a girlfriend's house at the time I think I was 19 years old 18 or 19 and she was babysitting this little kid and the mom came to pick him up and I got, I met her a few times, but she had said, asked me, cause the little kid was really cute. And I guess he was like a little male model, but like for five-year-olds and did commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he would travel back and forth from Maryland to Washington or to New York to do commercials for Tommy Hilfiger or something. Yeah. I remember that. And she said something like, you ever thought about um, doing modeling? And I was like, modeling, model what? And she was like, um, <laughs> she was like a male model. And I go, no. I said, no. I was like, do my friends would punch me in the face if I said I was going to be a male model. And they're like, she's like, well, I think you have a good look. I think you would do really well. Um, I can get you in contact with our agent here in, in uh, Georgetown, DC. And let, just give it a shot. You never know where it could lead you. And I was like, because at the time, I wasn't big on school. Basketball was kind of like dwindling for me. I'm trying to figure it out. Because at that time, I could have still went to overseas and played, but I kind of just got scared. I don't know. I'd never been on a plane before at that time yet. Mm. I was scared. So then I was 18 because I hadn't flown yet. First time I ever flew was to Bahamas. So wow. I didn't go. My mom like was like, don't go. There's scary planes. My mom's never been on a plane. So basically oh, I just kind of gave up on basketball. And then I went and met the agency and she signed me. Next thing I know, I was doing print jobs and local commercials. And I met a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Allie. And I'm a good friend of mine now. Uh, she had more experience modeling. She had started when she was younger, but she was in that she grew up in that area and we met at this fashion show. And then she's like, we need to move to New York if you want to do this. I'm like, I'm only 5'10". Mm. And she's actually taller than me, which sucks because she's 5'11". I'm like, <laughs> the whole time I was like trying to put like, measure her to see if she shrunk. <laughs> she's like, Eric, I'm, so I'm not shrinking yet. I'm like, you're going to shrink, watch and I can't wait. So then um, moved to New York and uh, luckily enough, I signed up signing with um, a big modeling agency and then they sent me to Innovative. And that's kind of how it started. But I was started to study. They had me studying. Wow. Yeah, but let me tell you something. I quickly got humbled once I thought everything was too easy. So I'll get to that story. But like, yeah, it's been a journey. 
but also I needed to be on board, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how it's No, yeah, I mean, it, it makes total sense. I feel like everyone, you know, especially if you're not from Los Angeles and New York or you don't grow up in the industry, I think that it can be very um, jarring getting into the big city and realizing, oh, there's a thousand of me. More than that. I mean, it's like, especially in New York City initially, because, uh, but it was a closer move because, you know, Maryland's three and a half hours away. Mm. So love New York, never lived there again, but love it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I did it. I'm not going to lie to you because it really takes a piece of you. Even that first, that one year that I did before September 11th, like that literally, but it made me grow up very quickly from that moment. Mm. So, so I'm glad I, that it, that actually happened before I went to LA because it kind of gave me a sort of like a, a, a grounding of somewhat of the business of the film TV world. Yeah. It's not as big there. Well, at least back then it wasn't. Um, so I'm glad I made that move. So then when did you decide to move to LA and like, what was the driving force behind it? Okay. So, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to go to LA, you know, eventually once I started studying acting, I started studying like Meisner method in New York city. And then I started auditioning, but you know, I got thrown into the mix really fast because I was with innovative artists and like, you know, um, anyone who knows innovative artists knows that, you know, they're a very good agency. And that time, they still were very good agency then, but they became bigger even as time went on. But um, they were throwing me out there, you know, for like lead roles in studio films very fast. Because when you're younger, they do that. They have a tendency to do that a lot to test the waters. I was so green, mm -hmm. but not like green bad evidently because I was like, I literally was the first audition I ever had in my life was for a movie called The Perfect Score with uh, Chris Evans and Brian Greenberg mm. and Eric Christensen and... I literally was between, I remember being on hold for that. It was between me and Brian Greenberg and somebody else for like four weeks. And I had no idea. I just went and did this audition. And they were like, do you, I remember saying, do you play, yeah. music, play guitar? I'm like, I can fake it. And like all these things. And I came down to certain <laughs> and I, and I, I think Brian Greenberg's, uh, you know, talent. So I, but back then it's like the things I would go out for were so huge. And I'm looking back, like I was, like how would I know myself now and where I've come from from 20 years as an actor? And I think of myself back then, like I knew nothing, but it wasn't because sometimes being blinded by things and not uh, aware, the anxious nerves that you create knowing too much sometimes can make it so much stronger uh, of your anxiety. So when you don't know, sometimes it's like being blind. So you don't know what's coming. So you're kind of just doing you're not thinking so much, but then there's that middle part where you start to realize when you can get lots of no's or you can mess up in auditions and it can suck. <laughs> you're, you know, your self-conscious is, is really start getting self-conscious. But I remember in the beginning, that's basically, so I remember auditioning for a bunch of things really fast. September 11th happened, but right before September 11th, I visited LA in July and I came out here just so I could meet with agencies. So when I did move, I have some. So I met modeling agencies out here and then innovative as I was here and a manager. And I ended up signing with everybody. So across the board with innovative, um, actually that's not true. Innovative was not across the board until I got here, but I signed with a manager. But then I went back thinking I was going to go to LA just for a couple months at a time. I didn't know I was actually permanently going to move there in the next couple months. And then, uh, wow. September 11th happened. I literally flew in that morning from Atlanta from doing a job, me and my roommate. Happened to do same job with the same agency and happy roommates. And we got uh, stuck in Long Island 
because we flew into LaGuardia early in the morning. It was delayed. Went to bed. We had castings in the morning. And I remember I wanted to keep sleeping. And where we lived was Jersey City. So we take the PATH train from World Trade Center or 14th Street. But we always usually went to World Trade because it's literally directly mm. close to the place. And I, luckily enough, I happened to wake up. I said, you know what? Let's go back to bed for a bit. We'll skip the first casting. And then I woke up 10 minutes later. I'm like, dude, we're going to get in trouble. We should go. So then um, the person we were staying with was driving us to the F train. And like there was major, major traffic more than like more than usual um, in that area. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call from my mom saying someone blew up the World Trade Center. Like nobody knew what was going on. We didn't know. We hadn't seen anything yet. So all that transpired within like wow. the time of me waking up, slowly getting ready. And then like, so if we would have woken up, you know, at the right time going that way, we would have probably been there at the same time. I don't know. So that was pretty much. Holy crap. I know it's wild. It's really wild. So we didn't see it happen. But let me tell you, when we, we were stuck in Long Island for four days. And when we came out of. I remember when we came back out onto the street when we finally got on the F train and take it down. It was like a like an overlay of debris, the entire island. It was like mm. literally out of a movie. It was it was not yeah. like something you ever think you're going to see in life. So we were very scared. And then I mean, at that time, I was only I hadn't even turned 21 yet. I was still 20. So then, um, yeah, I moved. There was like alarms going off in the city every five minutes so from where we lived we kept looking out the window you just see smoke because of the smoke from that for days it was just so we said we got to move home so i moved home for three weeks called the one guy that i met out in la said i'm moving to la and three weeks later so i moved to la october 10th 2001 wow that's wild mm. i mean a lot of people have so i mean from that time yeah it's uh, what good fortune it was for you to have decided to sleep in that day. Laziness. <laughs> I guess the funny thing is I'm not lazy anymore, but I was sure lazy back then. Um, well, you were also 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was 20. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. So I have to say, I was looking at your IMDb before coming on here, and you were in one of my favorite uh, music videos when I was like 13, 14 years old, which was uh, Rumors Mm. with Lindsay Lohan. I was wondering, I was assuming it was Rumors. Listen, she was like my idol growing up. I thought she was the best thing in the entire world, and I felt so bad for her with all the paparazzi stuff all the time. And I remember that coming out and thinking like, oh my God, this is her Britney, my prerogative moment. Like, she is getting back her life. Like, screw everybody else. I was so about it. And I'm so stoked that you were in the music video. How was that? <laughs> um, uh, it makes me laugh just because I, uh, it's, it's a long time ago, it was 17 years ago. I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was cool. It was, uh, I mean, I knew Lindsay for years after that too. I mean, I still know Lindsay, but I mean, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but I knew her, uh, we, we stayed friends, um, after we shot the video, we were, you know, running into each other from time to time. And we used to go partying and hanging out. So, mm. you know, my perspective on it is, um, you know, what, what you would hear a lot about what was she was doing and all these things going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's weird because in this business, when your personal life gets out there because of, and at that time, that was when like paparazzi was like really on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was that was like the height of it all. It was like Paris and Britney and Lindsay, and it was just this whole like obsession. I watched all these people, man. I mean, coming up when I came when I moved here, I got in with that sort of group, and that we're within the same age, especially me me and Paris and those people. So I kind of came up with that situation. I was around these people a lot, Um, so I saw things like firsthand, comparably to like what you would see. And I'm not saying that like the stories weren't necessarily true or this or that, but they get skewed sometimes in a way where, you know, it benefits their side or, and a lot of the people don't realize that, like, how would they know that they're at that restaurant? To be honest with you, how it really works. I mean, I'm going to call out people. It's just the way it goes. I mean, it's all, it's a system. It's a game. I mean, the PR companies do this. I mean, let's just be honest. Right. It's just the way it goes. That's how money gets circulated. We're not stupid. But people... You know, it, it's 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 whatever it is to show for people to see this fantasy of whatever it's supposed to be. But um, no, it was really crazy. You know, crazy time shooting the video. You know, funny thing enough that you saved my prerogative. Uh, if I correctly remember, a week before that, I auditioned for my prerogative for Britney. Funny. And the funny thing is, they were going to cast me, and I had a shaved head at the time, and something last second went wrong where there was a conflict. Let's just put it to you that way. From yeah. what I remember, I know what really happened, but so I auditioned. So I was going, I was up for the, my prerogative video. And then they were like, dude, you know, we, Eric, we're going to have to cancel it because this, this, and this. So I was like, oh, that sucks. Cause I was, everyone was obsessed with Britney back then, especially even now that's how I was 24. And then a week later, I remember um, the same casting guy who I think has actually passed away now, unfortunately. God bless him. But he uh, said, listen, I got another audition for you for a Lindsay Lohan video, music video. And I said, Lindsay Lohan sings? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, it's her first single. It's going to be hot. And I, and I was like, okay. And I literally went, I remember I went over to like, it wasn't even like the casting office. It was like his studio where I guess he had casting there, but it was where he held a lot of business, but like not a casting office. It was, it was in a living room. I'm not even kidding. And I remember them saying like, okay, he goes, well, he goes, 
I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. This is kind of funny. He goes, um, so you go, I'm like, well, what kind of demeanor do you want? He's like, I want you cool and edgy and like, you know, confident, like make her want you. And I was like, he's like, <laughs> I actually don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember he goes, dude, make her want you. And I was like, so act super cocky. She's going to think I'm a douchebag. And he's like, no, dude, like make her want to cash. So I remember just like, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I really don't remember what I said exactly. I remember it was something like really arrogant. It was something extremely arrogant. And then I remember I got a call and I was like, all right, you got it. And I didn't know going into it, like how big it was going to be or the situation. And back then I was a big fan growing up of TRL. So, for, I mean, fortunate it went, you know, number one on TRL. It got, you know, it got a lot of, you know, uh, publicity and especially for her. And, um, yeah, I got, you know, it was in tabloids with this, her situation. It just, there was craziness. But it was a good time. She's a really cool person. Yeah. And I, I hope, um, you know, I hope she's one. I hope that she comes back strong. She's a really good actress. I think the thing is when you're young like that, and you know, you start when you were younger, you, you know, your young brain comparison to your adult brain, you know, sometimes that talent doesn't always swing over because you see a lot of hurt. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of no's. You see all this rejection. You start to judge yourself. You start to question all these things. Uh, and I think you start to decline sometimes, not everyone, but then you have to find that truth again in yourself to come back. And I think Lindsay Lohan definitely hundred percent can do that. I think, I think she just had too many, um, negatives against the situation of people coming at her putting you know someone came at me like that you know i was around yeah. it. i saw she had such a rough time i saw a lot of it and, i mean uh, her she they really came after her big time i mean it was rough i remember watching all of that and thinking like oh no i don't want that to happen to me ever of course well i think also again at that time it was a, it was a different time the party scene was different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the scene now that these kids are coming up with, they don't understand. It's very, very, it's very like PG, like ready G comparison to what it was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I'm sure even before in the eighties and the seventies, I mean, look, it's progressively gotten actually more like PG, but like it was pretty aggressive. I mean, and when we would go out to places, there would only be one major place per night. There wasn't 25 places and there wasn't all these promoters and there was no bottle service. Everybody just hung out, but like not reality stars, like mm. real super movie stars. So it's like, and not saying that reality star can't be a movie star, but they're different and vice versa. So, yeah. you know, the different, it's just a different celebrity now. You know, being a movie star doesn't exist anymore. It's it's so oversaturated. They're finding different ways every five seconds to create something else. And it's just like, next is robots. We see that happening. Freaking Instagram doesn't really have their first robot model. I'm like, can we just not do this? Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a lot. And I think um I think it was Tesla. He just Elon Musk just revealed today a uh, <laughs> a robot for Tesla. I'm not stoked about it. <laughs> the thing is, I think uh, I, I don't have anything against Tesla or this or that. I mean, they're very nice cars. It just, when we're trying to advance past the human understanding so much that it's starting to get odd. And when it gets, starts to get odd, obviously what we're dealing with right now, um, everybody has their own opinions. So it is what it is. All I know is that we're human supposedly and on earth. So we have to live some sort of understanding in a human way. When you start 
taking, mm-hmm. you know, worry opportunities for people and all these things when your world's still building. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this thing that happened, you know, that we've dealt with for the last couple, you know, people were staying home. What did they do? They made more babies. So what, what do they think really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the whole understanding is. All I know is that ultimately we still have to like come together as a, you know, I'm, I'm way off track here, but my point is I just wanted to say this. I just wanted to say like, basically we need to like remember what it was like to be, you know, care for one another and not like try to turn against each other. It's really sad to me to watch the, the division of people across the world and our friends and our family. Like it's sad. Like this is not the way it should, it should be at all. Well, and I, I really, no, but I, I think it really has a lot to do with social media. I mean, the thing is, is like oh, you weren't able to argue with somebody from Texas like 10 years ago about, you know, COVID or politics or nature or fucking dogs. Like you couldn't like argue about things. And now everyone just thinks that everyone's opinion is like number one. Your opinion is the only one that matters. Like if you look on Twitter, like all this arguing back and forth, I recently called somebody out because they like were arguing about something that the fact was clearly in the in the article that they were commenting on. And I like just screenshotted it. Right. I tweeted it to them. I was like, read the article and then you don't have to argue about it. Right. Well, no, people, they sit, they sit behind their, their laptops and their phones and they talk a lot of shit. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's so funny though, actually saying that and then I hear you say this. I don't ever do this. I never do this, but yesterday I did it. Just because I stand up, I stick up for Michael Jordan. No, I stick up for Michael Jordan. I cannot tolerate people that keep comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan. I Listen, I play basketball. Listen to me. There is no debate, people. I'm saying this, blatantly saying this to you people out there. There's no debate. So let's just stop that and the hate. That they're actually rhyme. But there's no debate for the hate. Oh, I like that. No <laughs> so my point is I got into it with a couple people and I had to end up blocking them. Then they were like, oh, this Facebook actor guy. And I was like, ooh, okay. I didn't, I didn't even respond to that. But I just spoke up to yeah. what I know because I know basketball. I played it my entire fucking life. And uh, I spent every second of my life watching Michael Jordan. And I know the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And I'm not saying LeBron James isn't one of the best ever. They got mad because I said he wasn't in my top five. They try to put Kobe in 10. They're idiots. I'm sorry. You know <laughs> These kids, they don't know. I'm not judging like Dr. J or, you know, J- Julius Irving or, you know, uh, Freedom Told Jabbar saying they weren't one of the best, calling them whatever. Like I wasn't around during that time. I mean, I watch highlights. But at least I understand these people are literally people never picked up a basketball in their life and think that they can make these comments. I just really got fired up for this. But man, I I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, Eric, stop. That's the first time I've ever done that. I've never done it. Because I can't be doing stuff like that. I mean, my, my, oh, my, man, my, yeah. my I can't be doing shit like that. But I needed to do it. So it, it's, it's so easy to fall into it though. I mean, it's so easy to get into that like little, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to snap back. I'm going to snap back. I finally learned like during this past election season, how to like not snap back and just like take it because I realized that like, if you don't respond, other people will start responding for you and then you don't have to do it. Yourself. Oh, yeah. And then that's, they're supposed to, that's what they're expecting your answers to be or your thoughts. And you're like, wait a second. You're because the reason why I'm saying that is because yesterday when I said, there's no debate. Someone wrote underneath that going, yes, there is no debate. LeBron is the GOAT. And I go, that's not what I meant. So I had no choice but to 
to respond to that. Opposite. I'm like, whoa, bro. Go. I said, please sign off now. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, that felt really good, though. I actually am very glad I did that. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> So um, on this show, we like to talk about bad auditions or funny auditions or ones that got away. Are there any stories that you'd like to share with our listeners? Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, over the years, I mean, it's 20 years of auditioning. Well, I don't audition anymore because I'm so cool. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, it's funny. Like some people are like, hey, what's well, so up? We want you to audition. I'm like, bro, I was deleting your last movie. Why am I I'm not auditioning for your movie? I was just deleting your movie. Like, I, I know at some point you have to, listen, you have to take control at some points in your career and know what you're worth and know which, what your name starts to Because you will never build, you never build that, that confidence enough to where people want, people want to want to look up to you. Everybody wants to want to look up to somebody they admire. If you always, if you never give yourself enough credit that you haven't deserved it yet or if you haven't earned it yet. I mean, I think after 20 years of doing this business and, you know, I'm very grateful for opportunities. Um. I'm very, I would look back going, God, I wouldn't want to get, take 20 years to get to where I want to get to, but I'm glad I've experienced and humbled, went through and humbling situations in my life to respect it now and know where I'm going. It makes me, makes me fight harder these days. It makes me want it that much more that I make myself in my twenties look like a joke because I'm like, that guy had no fight. So in saying that, I'm not saying I don't audition, but there comes a point where you have to take control a little bit and speak the truth. And people will respect you differently. Mm. Anyway, two audition, two when I do audition, I do audition. So to some bad auditions. <laughs> um, God, which one? Like, oh my God, there's there's a there's a few. Um, which <laughs> where you, where you, when we start, like, just doesn't matter how from worst to like doesn't matter the most worst, 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 worst. I mean, we, yeah, we could do that. We could like I mean, start like, off with the Joe. You, you don't have to name the show. You don't have to name the anything. You, don't, you can leave it blank. No, I, um, I kind of want to name it because I don't even know the casting director. I, mean, I, I know the casting director, and I don't think he'll, he might see this. It'd be kind of funny if he did. <laughs> so I auditioned for Stargate. For some reason, I can't remember the show for the life of me. Just now it came back to me. So that's good. Stargate, Paul Weber casting. Years ago. Okay, so... I had this huge monologue, huge. I was like an officer and I, you know, I had to, you know, present myself to officer stance, but like hands behind the back and kind of like strong. Well, you can't hold a script when your hands are behind your back. Oh, I have a couple. Oh my God. I have another. <laughs> you're going to die when I tell you the other one, you're going to die. Actually, I'm going to die. So anyway, I go in there. I mean, I memorized this. I'm almost going to show you. Like stand up. So, like, I literally oh walked in. We're getting a full-on reenactment. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot, Eric. Learn lighting. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I got me in my... Oh, behind me. This is funny. Okay, so, I remember walking in. Here's the script, okay? Script. I walk in. I don't need the script because I know it. I know it. So, I, I basically go down. Okay. I go in this. I'm like, basically... You know, well, sir, blah, 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 go into it. By the, like, literally, the second line, my brain just went completely blank. There was no brain. 
Like, you know, when they say, like, you literally. Okay, so let me tell you something. During this process, actors that have been through this, that will, every actor will go through this. I don't give a, give a shit who you are. You can be Tom Cruise, you're going to go through it. Happens to everyone because we're human. Well, he might be a robot. But the rest of us. I literally was like this. You know, I don't even remember. This is so many years. I'm like, well, sir, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and he's saying his lines. And like, I'm silent. I'm going, oh my God, what's the line? In my head, I'm like, please, God. What's the line? What's the, and I'm like, I could not. Like, I start sweating. I'm shaking. I'm like this. Like, your body just shuts down. And like, you literally are just start convulsing. So he looks at me. He goes, it's okay. Take your time. I'm like, oh, I don't remember the line. Yeah, I go, what's the line? And he said, gives me the line. Okay. I go, what's the next line? I literally, it was like I never looked at it before in my life. And mind you, the funny part is, he goes, Warwick, well, you know what? Why don't you just pick up the script, buddy? Just pick up the script and read off the script. So I pick like this. I was so like distraught from the whole thing that I couldn't even read. Like there was no reading off anything. So I was like, I go, they're like, Eric, like, we, like, know each other. You're like, you come in all the time. You're always, you're like, we want to try to get you one. And I'm just like, I literally, like, well, Eric, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm, I couldn't breathe. He's like, dude, Eric, come on, man. He's like, go, go step out for five minutes and come back in. You're fine. You're fine. I go step out. I'm like, oh, my God. How do I recover from this moment? Let me tell you. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, anyway, so I go out. He comes back to me. He goes, you ready? I'm like, yeah. But I wanted to do so <laughs> I wanted to do so good. Like, listen to this. This is how cocky my brain is. I wanted to do so good that I threw the script again. And I'm like this. I couldn't remember it again. Listen, let me tell you something. Please for people. Oh my god. I've done this twice in life in my career. And the next person I'm about to tell you about that I did it to could have been a very bad situation. But is a better story than this. So I throw it down, I'm like, I saw I got halfway through the monologue. I'm like, I was feeling it right. Blank. It was just one of those days where you just literally are not you. You just weren't you. I mean, this yeah. is the thing. People feel like they have to be perfect. That was my major thing. I think I got to be perfect. I'm going to nail all these things. That was literally before I realized how to be a real actor. Like I, that was before I realized what it was like to actually live in an authentic space. Like I don't, I have the times I don't even look at my scripts anymore. And I don't mean it by like that. I understand what's happening. I don't judge the character. I literally live in the second before. I don't, I'm not a person that goes live in the trash can to play homeless. I don't need to do those things. But I also learned a lot about myself. And I paid a lot of attention and researched a lot of things since those days. So in experience and working with, you know, bigger people and big sets. So you start to realize things. So the funny thing is if I was to mess up now, I, yeah, I would get upset. But I'm like, I would literally, when I'm about to tell you about the second one, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Cause this is when I like had this, this sort of understanding, but just do me a favor. Don't be arrogant to Tyler Perry. So mm. sort of same situation, new it all, easy, definitely a lot less dialogue. It was very like bad boy next door comes over like, Hey, can I know he's, he's like the new neighbor. So he's like, you know, maybe a killer. Who knows what he is? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, went in. Okay, mind you, for all you actors out there, imagine like a, con a big conference room at, at um, I went a big, like a big hotel in one of their conference rooms. You walk in, you're literally 25 feet from Tyler Perry, and like, there's not like you're here and here. They're across the room, so you have to shout. Oh my god! So I'm like this, okay? 
like a table, 15 people behind him, like his entourage, guy running the camera, Tyler Perry, very big man, walk in, trying to act cool and arrogant, not arrogant, not, not trying to act arrogant, but it came off arrogant. What do I do? I leave my script 12 feet that way on a chair. I need water. This is, this is definitely, this is tricky. Oh my God. I leave my script. Please don't put down scripts anymore. What? I said, don't leave, don't put down scripts anymore. Don't do it. No, I'm worse than I've ever been now. I'm just like, what are are the words? I'll just say, just tell me. (laughs) Um, No, it's funny. So I put the script over there, get through the first half of like the first two pages. I mean, I'm literally like comfortable. Doing it, blah, blah, blah. Moment happens. Why does that moment happen, I wonder? Okay, I'm, I'm, there's no reason. I got sleep. I felt fine. He's super, he's not being mean to me. He's not giving me a lot of attention. Maybe that's what it is. Because he was not looking at me. He was looking at my picture. But he wasn't looking up and I noticed it. it threw me off. My brain shut down. I go, uh, I go. And he looks up. So he's like this. Yes, with deep voice, yes. And I remember going, um, do you want to continue, he said. And I go, and he's like, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, do you need your line? And I go, and I go to walk. I'm like, yeah. He goes, stop. I'm like, oh my God, like my heart. I thought I was actually going to have a heart attack. Like I literally like, it was like this. He goes, have a good day. Listen to me. I'm gonna sit down now because but listen, it doesn't, it actually gets crazier. It gets way crazier. He says, have a good day. And I go, my arrogant ass goes, hey, Mr. Tyler Perry. I said, um, I worked really hard on this, man. He goes, Yes, it shows. And I go, No, I said I really did. Actually, and I really want to work to get this. I want to at least finish. I want to show you what I can do. He goes, I've seen enough. Have a great day. And I go, I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't stop. I said, he goes, I said, and he goes, <clears throat> and I said, listen, I, I, can I at least finish? He goes, I've seen enough. Honestly, it's a, have a good day. It's okay. Just go. Next time, don't leave your script. So I go to walk out. And I go to turn. He goes, he goes, you're lucky you're talented. And I go, what? He goes, you're lucky you're talented. He goes, grab the script and go do it. He goes, don't do that again. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm so nervous now. Like, think about it. Like, everyone's like this. <gasps> like, everyone's scared. Like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, just go. I'm like, no. I don't take, I don't, I learned to take, I don't learn, I've learned to take no, not for that, not for the answer I want. So I'm going for the yes, or at least getting approval or figuring out how I messed up, I'm going to fix it. So I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. He goes, stop apologizing. Just do it. At that point, I was so nervous because I had to now prove it. He goes, go start from the top. I'm holding the fucking page. Excuse me, language. I'm holding the fucking page. I couldn't do it with the page in my hand. I throw it on the fucking ground. Mm. He goes, Dude, you're crazy. He looked at me. No, he goes like this. He goes, dude, you're crazy. And I go, just, I said, this is what I said. I said, just fucking go, man. And I did it and I got through it and killed it. And he goes, he goes, that's ballsy, dude. He goes, he goes, Eric, honestly, next time, don't do that with the script. 
He goes, you're lucky. He goes, your confidence is what got you through this. Oh yeah. But in the middle part, I couldn't do it because I was freaking out. He goes, dude, I've already allowed you to come back. You already know you're, I like you. So relax. And that's when I threw the script. I'm like, I can't do it with this script. Then he's like, then fucking do it. And then I remember it came down to like, I was on a veil. I ended up getting on a veil. I was on a veil for fucking five weeks, but I ended up going to uh, someone else. But um, it was a crazy story. Wow. Yeah, but like everyone knows not to do that to Tyler Perry. Like, don't do. I don't even know if you even heard this. You probably maybe you'd remember. You probably see so many crazy things. But I remember like, I, I just I wouldn't take. I was like, listen, I really worked hard on this. I know I say, listen, I know I'm like, coming off arrogant and cocky, but I, it was the character. I say, I am actually a nice person. And he goes, I don't give a shit. I remember him saying, like, I don't give a shit. He was just going, and I was just like, I'm not taking no for an answer. So I apologize for it. And mm. I was, yeah. So that was, there's so many crazy, I have so many crazy stories. I, I mean, I've walked out of auditions. That's before. an amazing story. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget like those moments. I remember verbatim how he looked at me. I remember how intimidated I was. And I think that's what got because he wasn't looking at me attention. And I needed, I needed to learn as an actor. Again, I was still, this was, you know, six years ago, probably. And uh, over those six years, I, you know, it's weird how I've transitioned, um, kind of just changed. My brain just changed. Everything just kind of changed. And it kind of does happen over time and experience. Again, it's experience of working with the people you work with. I've been able to work alongside some very big people over the years that I'm like, shit, if I can, if I can stand next to these people and do it and get praised for doing it, then I, then what am I worried about? But it was more or less, you, you got to believe, you got to believe in all of it. You can't, the minute you stop believing is the minute that it reads that, you know what I mean? Like you can fake something to make it believable. You know, a lot of people that are indicate, which I hate indicating more than anything. Um, and sometimes I'll watch them. Like I didn't indicate that. Why does it look like I'm indicating? It drives me nuts. I'm like, but I'm so really about the whole point of me ever wanting to do this eventually was I had to find a passion in it the way I found in, in basketball because it's the only thing I ever cared about. So I didn't become a good actor, at least a um, better actor. Uh, until 10 years into my career, a better actor, I mean, I'm like willing to push the limits until I translated basketball in my head as a kid throughout how much I wanted it was how I had to find the passion for it in acting. I was relentless as a basketball player. I talked shit to yeah. anyone. It doesn't matter who I played against. I cussed them out and say, my ball. They would look at me, I call foul because I believed it was a foul in my head. But they're like, you're crazy. And that's how I was getting as far as it was in basketball. So I had to translate that to acting. Also, I would, I would always be decent, good, but not push the boundaries. And I think that if I was going to do anything at this point, I was going to do acting and be passionate about it. And that's kind of how where I'm at now, where, where it came from. But those, yeah, I have a bunch of like stories yeah. from auditioning. I mean, that was, I don't think you can top that. That was, that was a beautiful story. Fantastic. Uh, my jaw was on the floor the whole time and I was very nervous. Um, I can't even imagine the, the energy in that room because it must've been like so chaotic and terrifying at the same time. It was just very silent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly you could hear ants it was just like mm -mm. Mm -mm. i've never my heart's never felt that close to exploding i remember just like but there's a part of me is that i knew if i would have walked out when he said just go i wouldn't have heard anything and i said yeah not i would have or if i wouldn't have you know i needed that validation which just sucks that 
we shouldn't need the validation as actors or human beings in general. Sometimes you just have to know. Uh, but sometimes you do, no matter how talented you are, no matter how attractive you are, smart you are, sometimes you just need to be validated because that's just part of our nature to like, let you know you're still on the right path because we can fall off easily yep. because it's a very judgmental business. Um, so I needed that to happen yeah. to make me understand and respect, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Where can people follow you on social media? Hmm. Uh, well, let's see. Of course, Instagram. Um, it's uh, <laughs> oh, Eric Fellows official. So it's E R I K F E L L O W S official. And then uh, Facebook, Eric Fellows, spelled the exact same way because it's the same person. And then uh, Twitter. They say everything you said, but Eric Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. It's been so fun. Um, and I'm stoked to see season two of Purgatory. I well, I hope you hope you uh um don't change your mind about how you feel about me after you see uh second season. First season you're gonna be like, okay, he can be kind of an asshole and kind of like crude and a piece of shit, but also he's charming-ish. But second season's a little bit <laughs> there's no redeeming him. I mean, I hate to say it. There's no redeeming him after that. I try. Oh, and I always try to say, you've got to make an evil character likable while they're doing it. Else you're going to lose an audience. You have to make sure you find the humanity in this human being because we're all human. They do all the things. So hopefully you don't be like, oh God, I fucking hate Eric Falls now. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. I don't think I will. You're awesome. Be fine. <laughs> and uh, thanks for letting me ramble. And uh, I hope to hopefully meet you soon in person. Thanks again to Eric for coming on the show and spending a little time with me. Tune in next week. We have the fantastic Aubrey Miller. Uh, You know her from Just Add Magic, but she is off being a badass at such a young age and making her own series now, which is so cool. So tune in next week for that conversation. If you're not following us on social media, make sure to do that. We post some really fun graphics and uh, exclusive video clips onto our Instagram and my TikTok. And... Yeah, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the show. Um, leave us some love, leave, leave us some stars. And as always, thanks for coming in. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.